Second Chancers. As always, it is my pleasure that you join me for today's podcast of Second Chance Coaching. My name is Dr. Richard Lewis. If you'd be so kind as to leave me a rating and your feedback, I would very much appreciate it and it will help dynamic people such as yourself optimally discover this podcast and they can add it to their library of favorite podcasts. As you know, at Second Chance Coaching, we focus on seeing everyday life through the eyes of the returning citizen and highlighting the resiliency of the human spirit. I love to work with you one-on-one, whether you're a returning citizen, a coaching client seeking your second chance, or you're a representative of a business or a college or university that are seeking to integrate and support their respective returning citizens in your organizational and learning environments. Please feel free to contact me via email at richard at secondchancecoaching.com or via Instagram at the Dr. Richard Lewis. It is so good to be together with you for another edition of Second Chance Coaching as we conclude Second Chance Month in this month of April. Whether we are highlighting the collateral consequences and second chances of and for returning citizens this month or today, we are always promoting the journey of second chances for all of us. I also want to take the time to wish my dear son in heaven, Nanamdi Richard Lewis, a very happy birthday. This coming Friday, April 30th, Nanamdi would have been 25 years old. The origin of my son's name is from Nigeria, and his name means one who is worthy or worthy of my father's love. Nanamdi was a young man who was a New York Yankees fan, like his dad. We enjoyed playing pool together. He loved playing sports. And he also enjoyed playing my Xbox and Playstations more than I did. (laughs) And of course, we also had the guilty pleasure of enjoying pro wrestling together, at least watching it. The Nandi was taken away from us way too soon. And he'll never have children. He won't ever get married or ever own a house. But we carry his spirit and love with us, and we celebrate him every single day. As part of celebrating him, a powerful mentor of mine, Mr. Andre Norman, And if you haven't heard of Andre Norman, Google him, YouTube him. He has a book called The Ambassador. He's an ambassador. I think it's called Ambassador of Hope. He's absolutely awesome. Andre challenged me to decide what would would I do to positively have Nanami's legacy impact others. Through that discussion five years ago, we created the Nanami Richard Lewis Memorial Scholarship. The scholarship in Nanandi's name provides Broward College students who have one or more parents currently incarcerated with a partial scholarship to assist them with their tuition expenses. Of course, that would also help with their overall educational expenses. I felt since Nanandi at one time was the child of an incarcerated parent, this was a wonderful way to celebrate his life while positively impacting the lives of college students. If you're interested in making a tax-deductible donation to Nanandi's scholarship, You could look into the show notes and all that information is there, or you could contact me as I indicated via my email address, which is richard at secondchancecoaching.com, or you could reach out to me on Instagram at the Dr. Richard Lewis. Since we are talking about celebrating life, let's transition and talk about celebrating your life, celebrating your victories on your reentry journey, and even celebrate the small victories on your journey. Now, you may ask, why do we celebrate the small victories? Let me tell you. The small victories, namely celebrating those small victories that keep us motivated and keep us inspired, those small victories along the way help us get to the big goals that we set for ourselves. I was 
particularly paying attention to celebrating the small victories when one of my colleagues who provided guidance to me on my doctoral journey always emphasized the importance to celebrate the journey's milestones because of the ebbs and flows of pursuing the doctorate, you needed that motivation to really celebrate those small victories. When I thought about celebrating the small victories, it made me think about different events in my reentry journey that I'd like to share with you that ties into the bigger goals. When I first came home on work release, even though I wasn't charged with anything involving substance issues or even, ha or even having a substance issue, I was still required to attend a substance abuse anonymous group for no other reason because I was on work release. <laughs> now, that definitely tells us a symptom of the system that the carceral system that we have that didn't really concentrate on rehabilitation. A lot of times it's just to check off a box, say, oh, you're in work release, you got to go to this program. But for me, rather than being resistant or trying to or or trying to fight back against it, or even when I was there to try to contribute in ways that would take away from people who actually had substance issues and were there, I didn't want to take away from others. I just decided to sit there, make the best of it, and be a good listener. While listening, I learned so much about other people's challenges, and it really forced me to look at my own journey and how I would change my habits to optimize my reentry journey. We didn't go through the same things, and their stories were certainly different than mine, but there was definitely things that I learned from it, and that's why I was really good to just listen and hear what it is that they have to say. When the group was dismissed, every week when the group was dismissed, I would walk down the street. This this group took place in Manhattan, so I would walk I would walk in walk in Manhattan two train stops. So I want to take the train right away. I would just walk about two train stops worth and think through what I learned. And even at that time, I still would take out the old fashioned old school notebook and I would write down the lessons that I learned that evening. And then with those lessons, I would also attach the actions that I wanted to take from those lessons that I learned. I would write down the actions I needed to complete, and I challenged myself to make sure that I wanted to complete those actions within the week before the next meeting took place. And then if I completed two of those actions, sometimes I'd have two, sometimes I'd have three, sometimes five, even sometimes as much as 10 or 15 action, point of actions that I wanted to take. But I always gave the goal that if I completed two actions, I would treat myself to a milkshake. And I don't know if it was from Shake Shack, because I don't think Shake Shack was open during the wintertime. But there was some store that made really great shakes that was along that route walking down the street um, with, the, with, the net, with the, going towards the next two train stops. And I would just treat myself to a great milkshake. It was a small victory. But at the end... I kept going to that group every week. I kept doing the things that I needed to do for work release. And before you know it, work release is completed and I'm on parole and I'm on the next stage as part of my reentry journey. So that was very, very cool. It's a small thing. It was a small victory. But, you know, listen, if the milkshake is good, the milkshake is good. Now, when I started my doctoral program, it was an applied dissertation program. And of course, what's an applied dissertation program? It's really designed for you to take classes and to work on your dissertation while you're completing your classes. I wasn't sure if I'd be able to finish in the three-year time frame. They gave you a three-year time frame in this applied dissertation journey. You take your classes, complete your dissertation in a three-year time frame. So when they stated that, I said, okay, three years sounds all right, but I know I probably won't do it in three years. It probably may take me four years to complete. 
And I'm really glad that didn't happen, that it didn't take me, take me four years to complete. And I'll explain that a little later. Most weeks when we had classes, myself and, and other people in my cohort, we would go to the library and do work, especially on the weekends, especially on weekends we didn't have class. We would go to the libraries on Saturdays and Sundays. Now on Saturdays, we would talk about that we would go to the library from bright to night. So that meant that we would be at the library from the time it opened to the time it closed. Now we still had work to do on Sundays as well, but when we finished on Saturdays, we would always treat ourselves to eat out as a little bit of a reward and to kind of let our figurative hair down for the work in progress we were making in the class and just along the whole journey. Then in fall 2016, we were also working on the prospectus for our dissertation. Worked on the prospectus, got it done. It got, a, got my chairperson assigned to me. That worked really well. Then in early January 2017, and if I remember correctly, it was exactly on MLK Day that year, I received a phone call from my dissertation chairperson, and he told me that my prospectus was approved, and I could proceed to working on Chapter 2, which is my literature review. So, I would, so he gave me this phone call while I was shopping in Sam's Club. And so while I was there, you know, I figured, I said, hey, this is great. Got this great news. I'm going to buy a couple of extra desserts. And I brought those desserts and I brought it home and I enjoyed it with my family. Those small victories kept the motivation for me to keep going, to keep going through the program and to keep going through the journey I was going through. And happily, as you know, I graduated with my doctorate in three years and my mom got to see me graduate with my doctorate. I'm glad that I did not take four years to finish my doctorate, because had I taken four years to finish my doctorate, my mother would not have seen me graduate, because I graduated in 2018, and my mom passed away the very next year in 2019. Since we're on the subject of school, one of the reasons on my academic journey, I pursued my Master's of Business Administration. And I pursued my Master's of Business Administration because I also wanted to teach business courses. I didn't want to teach wellness courses any longer. But when I would but I always avoided wanting to get my my master's of business administration degree. And why was that? Because it requires always that you have to take accounting and finance. Those two subjects usually stop a lot of students in their tracks. There were people that I went to school with, they would get a master of science because they didn't want to do the accounting and finance. And I get it. I was I was there with them. But I said, no, nah, let me let me try the MBA and let me see how it does. But so many of the lessons that I learned in the work release group gave me the determination and focus to tackle those subjects, and accounting was the first up. Before I took that accounting preparatory class, there was an accounting prep class I had to take in addition to the regular fundamentals of accounting class I had to take. In preparation for the accounting prep class, I bought books like Accounting for Dummies, um, Shortcuts to Accounting, things of that nature, Accounting 123, and I pulled up YouTube videos and all kinds of aids to help me with accounting. Luckily, I also had a great professor who explained the material of debits and credits and depreciation. He was able to explain it very clear in a way that I never was able to understand before. And then in keeping with that focus over that 10 week course, I kept, I kept after every class, I kept saving $5 here or $10 here or $2 here. And I just kept putting that money away as a reward to myself. And when I got the material, and, and when I got the material, and I was able to master the material for that moment, and I passed the class with an A, I would take my, I took myself to a fancy dinner to celebrate. 
And then I kept that habit going after every single class of the MBA program. And then before you know it, I finished the MBA. It was, it was a great journey. Along the way, I just kept celebrating, kept enjoying the journey along the way, not thinking about the whole picture about how long it took me to finish the MBA. It took me three years to finish that one as well. But I took one class at a time. Some semesters, I took two classes at a time. But after every term, I just would celebrate that myself with a, with a fancy dinner. And then before you know it, I was finished. But the last story I'll share about celebrating small victories is the summer of 2001. The first summer I was home after being released from prison. I was on a work release schedule, so I was split between sleeping at home and sleeping at the work release facility. And at the same time, since it was summer, I had my children for their summer visitation. The time in which I had, the time in which I was home, I always planned outings with the children, whether it was going to the beach, playing billiards, going to Staten Island, going to baseball games, and really just doing all kinds of things that made our time together special. When we were home, we'd always have takeout food, order pizza, get boneless chicken wings that Nanamdi liked, and Julian would always like the food that she would like. She wasn't as picky an eater as he was. And then we would just sit on the couch and watch movies together. And we would even play fight and wrestle <laughs> each other as well. We just had a good time. Those, those, those memories were, we didn't have a lot, but we had each other and that's what counted. Those small victories, those small victories in that case was really making that quality time special. And then along, and then some, and then along the way, it continued to solidify my relationships with my children. And I could see it reduced their anxiety from me being away, from being locked away. And it kept, and it helped establish the bonds of love that kept us so close, that kept us close throughout our lifetimes. It has kept me close to my daughter, Julian, to this very day. And it kept me close to my son, Nanandi, until his transition. These small victories, which are small step-by-step -step processes, will help you enjoy the journey and relish the victory when you reach your ultimate goal. Whatever that ultimate goal is, whether that goal is finishing work release, finishing parole, graduating from school, getting that new job, starting that new business, getting that license, buying that house, getting that new apartment. All of these small victories will help you cherish the journey of getting to the big victories, the big goals. The big goals that when you get to them and you and you master them and you accomplish them, it helps you embrace the victory and embrace the process and really helps you cherish it and and really just enjoy it that much more. As we as you go on your journey and celebrating your small victories and getting your big victories and setting your goals and and how you want to get through that process, let's do that together. We can work together one on one. So if you're a returning citizen or a coaching client looking to do that, we can make that happen together. If you're that representative of a business or college or university that's looking to support your returning citizens in your organizational learning environments, give me a call. Reach out to me and we could re-engineer that engagement and energize that engagement to, together so we could make those small victories matter, that they could be cherished, and then get to those big victories for yourself and for your clients and for your students certainly reach out and email me at richard at secondchancecoaching.com or certainly you can reach out to me via Instagram at the Dr. Richard Lewis. 
Remember, you've been blessed to see another minute, another moment, another second, another hour, another day, which means you've been blessed with your second chance. So it's certainly up to you to make the best of it. And I know you can make the best of it. I love you all. Take care. And I look forward to talking to you next week.